welcome in to the DFFL Podcast, your one-stop shop for all the happenings in the DFFL. Now, here's your hosts, James Wiley and Aaron Kelly. Welcome in to the DFFL Podcast. I'm your host, James Wiley, and with me is Aaron Kelly, our co-host. Aaron, how the heck are you? Yo, what up? Things are going good. How about you? I cannot complain. We are in the thick of soccer season here for myself. I know you're getting into it pretty soon. Um, we both coach soccer, for those of you that don't know. So our podcast is probably going to be shorter for the soccer season, I would think. Uh, you know, you would think that, but I'd, I think you're probably wrong. I think we're not going to disappoint our our followers. Oh, I said nothing about the quality. <laughs> we obviously give the grade A expertise here that the world has yet to und- has yet to discover. Yeah, they they need to hop on the uh, DFFL train fairly quickly and get stock in this before it's uh, a little too late for them. We got a good episode for you today. It is our most overrated and underrated players as far as the draft goes. So kind of most overdrafted, most underdrafted. And we got a couple good players for you. We each have some overrated and underrated players. Aaron's taken underrated quarterback and running back. I got the overrated ones and then vice versa for the wide receiver and tight end. I'm talking undervalued. Aaron's talking overvalued for those two positions. And it should be good, especially as we head into draft season. So let's get this thing started. We're going to start it off with the tight ends. All right, we're going to tease you a little bit make you wait on those quarterbacks, wide receivers, and running backs. And we're going to start with the tight end. As many of you have gathered from listening to our podcast, our tight end position has become relatively irrelevant this year, barring the top few tight ends, because we combine tight end and wide receivers to make an additional flex spot. So we don't actually have a dedicated tight end spot. We just have two running backs, two wide receivers, a wide receiver running back flex, and a wide receiver tight end flex. And we're experimenting with that to see if it helps things out because, you know, we're sick of just having like three top-tier tight ends and everybody else just mishmash together. Yeah, I think it's, just to touch on that, I think it's going to be interesting. At first I was really about it, and now I don't know how I feel about it. So we'll see how it plays out. Yeah, absolutely. So, you want to start off with your most overvalued tight end? Overvalued tight end. Coming in hot, I am going with Mr. Jared Cook. Of the New Orleans Saints. All right, Jared Cook. Tell me why. Well, first, he's ranked number 67 overall, according to ESPN. And he is finding himself drafted in the eighth round at 8.04. And that is according to fantasyfootballcalculator.com, which keeps up to date with the drafts that happen on all the major websites and then kind of averages them together. So Jared Cook is going in the eighth round. Aaron, tell me why that's being overvalued. Well, I'm going to tell you one thing, Jim. Um, If it's not Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, or Zach Ertz, that means... O.J. Howard, Engram, uh, Hunter Henry, Jared Cook, McDonald, Ebron, you name them. Those guys that I just named, 6th, 7th, 8th rounders, ninth rounders, it's too damn early for a tight end. Why waste the pick? That's all I'm saying. And Jared Cook, you know, there's a he's going to be scrapping at getting some targets with Michael Thomas and then obviously Kamara. So I just feel like... If you're taking him in the eighth, you're losing out on potentially an up and coming or someone who could break out as a wide receiver or running back. I just uh, tight end itself is a, is an entirely overrated position aside from the top three. Yeah, and I'm sure people are thinking, you know, oh Jared Cook, that's a name that's been floating around as a potential breakout tight end for like the last century and a half because. Really, like, I'm sick of hearing about Jared Cook, quite frankly. 
listen, this guy couldn't get it done with Aaron Rodgers. He's not getting it done with Drew Brees either. Stop wishing that this guy is going to be a top tier tight end and it's not going to happen. Right. Kind of like I said, they they're looking back. People who are drafting him are looking back to what he could have been for literally the last 10 years. I mean, I commend the guy for being in the league for 10 years and being upper comer for 10 years. But people are looking back to Jimmy Graham with Drew Brees, and that's what they're kind of envisioning, I bet. And I don't think that that's something that's realistic. That's not going to happen. Could be wrong. I mean, he could end up being pretty solid. He was pretty solid last year for the Raiders, so he's only upgrading his situation for himself. But we're talking value and... He is not a value in the eighth round, I don't think. No. Even if he finishes top three, he's still overvalued at the eight pick. There's so if if you're looking at what you're about to tell us, the players who are going in the eighth round or the ninth round, I bet you there's some good names you're gonna throw out right about now and that we anyone listening would much rather have than Jared Cook. Yeah, so uh, I'll give you like the three Three before him and like three or four after him, just so you can see kind of who's going in that range. He's going 804. So the picks going before him are Robbie Anderson, Tariq Cohen, Latavius Murray, Matt Ryan. And then the picks going after him are Allen Robinson, Carson Wentz, Christian Kirk, Curtis Samuel, Kenyon Drake. I mean, I'm... I'm taking a chance on almost any single one of those over Jared Cook. Yeah, the only reason, the only one who I might not take a chance on is maybe Latavius Murray that early, just because of Kamara. But I mean, he's more of a handcuff to me. But anyway, uh, it's still, I would still think I would take Murray over <laughs> Cook or any other tight end that's not named Kittle or, you know, the other two. I'm not exactly sure why you've developed a bias against Latavius Murray, because I don't think you've ever really had him, but he's stepping into the Mark Ingram role, and Mark Ingram was very usable as a standalone asset, not just a handcuff to Kamara in the past two years. So, you know, Murray does have some standalone value to me, and it's definitely, I would definitely take him over Jared Cook. Yeah, I just, I don't really like Latavius Murray. I think he's one of those names where, another one where like, oh, he's going to have a big year. Oh, he's going to have a big year. And then he doesn't. I would agree with that. But if I'm going to take a shot on somebody who's always going to have a big year, I'm going to take the person who hasn't been in the league for 10 years and who isn't playing tight end. Oh, yeah, of course. I'm just saying I wouldn't take Latavius Murray in the eighth round either. Yeah, okay. All right. So that's a good... uh overvalued tight end just so the listeners know vance mcdonald is going immediately after jared cook so there is another tight end in that range and they are going as the seventh and eighth tight ends all right so my undervalued tight end is ranked 111th overall on espn And he is going in the 13th round, which is music to our ears. That's where we like to hear our tight ends going. That's what I like to do. Can I have a guess? Go for it. I think you are on the Trey Burton train. I am not on the Trey Burton train. Oh, man. That wouldn't be a bad one either. But this person's actually going right before him as far as tight ends are concerned. And it's an oldie, but a goodie. And that's Delaney Walker. Ooh, hit me hit me with the why. So Delaney Walker has been solid tight end. You always know what you're going to get out of him. And he's kind of like the Lamar Miller of tight ends, I think. And he's exactly average. Sometimes goes a little bit above, sometimes goes a little bit below. But you know what you're getting with him. And he's coming, he's coming back from injury, so I know that's going to be a turnoff to you, but It's not like he's been injury-prone throughout his career. I think that he will fit in well with what they're trying to do. I mean, they want to run a lot so down there, so they will have Delaney Walker to throw a little short pass on on play action. And I personally don't see Marcus Mariota making it through the season as the starter. I agree. 
And I think Brian Tannehill takes over. And Ryan Tannehill, I think he's going to mesh well with Delaney Walker. I think that's going to be somebody who fits well with him, a Jarvis Landry short yardage person to toss to. I mean, somebody that Tannehill relied on for the first couple years of his career was Charles Clay. And Charles Clay is pretty much the poor man's Delaney Walker. So I really see him meshing well with Ryan Tannehill. And I think that's why he's being undervalued in the 13th round. Very nice. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. Anyone, like we discussed, we're not big tight end guys. So we're not really stretching to get a tight end. The 13th round is perfect for us. And guess who else is being drafted in the 13th round? Who's that? Ooh, Mr. Jordan Reed. You love yourself some Jordan Reed. And let me tell you, you might as well take a flyer on him because in the 13th round, he can actually produce something if he stays healthy. Okay. And the people going around Delaney Walker, immediately above him, you've got Mark Andrews, uh, second-year tight end. You've got Greg Zerline, number one kicker off the board. The Chargers defense, DK Metcalf. And then below him, you have Peyton Barber, Tony Pollard, Anthony Miller, and the Baltimore defense. So, you know, I none of those names truly jump out at me. I mean, I guess Barber is potentially a starting running back. And if you can get a starting running back in the 13th round, maybe that's worth it. I think that kind of just tells you how low people's expectations are for Tampa Bay this year. Yeah. Yeah. I think that I don't even know so much that it's low for Tampa Bay. It probably is a little bit low for Tampa Bay, but uh, they're more leaning towards, okay, Bruce Arians is here. He's going to throw the deep ball every single play. So let's not even worry about the running back. All right. Anything else about Delaney Walker? No, I think it's spot on. Uh, it's a good it's a good shout. And uh, anyone who needs to take a tight end uh, for their league, you know, honestly, you and I will probably pass up this year just based off of what we've done last year. There's no point in us taking a tight end in the 13th if we could just get another running back or wide receiver. But um, that being said, you know, just wait. Just wait. You, you'll find value. You can add drop. You, you don't need to waste a pick on, you know, up high in the second, third, fourth round for these guys. Agreed. Okay. So let's move on to quarterback. All right. Wide receiver and running back are the, are the money positions. So let's move on to quarterback. Whoa. Yeah. So who's your undervalued quarterback, Aaron? We are all over the map. We are. It's keeping me on my toes. My undervalued quarterback is Mr. Cousins. Okay, Kirk Cousins is ranked 182 on ESPN, and he's going in the 14th round, third pick in that round, so 14.03. Tell me why you want Cousins and why he's undervalued. Here's the deal. We we all know Vikings are leaning toward a run-heavy offense, which is fine. But when you look at the weapons that Kirk Cousins is throwing to, he's going to put up numbers. The reason he's undervalued is, like you said, he's going in the 14th round, which is, for our league, is your second-to-last pick. And he's got people in front of him like Dak Prescott, Lamar Jackson, Jameis Winston. That's just three players that I would take Kirk Cousins over. Yeah. I mean, honestly, when you look at the three names I said, are you really going to take any three of those players over Kirk Cousins when Kirk Cousins' weapons in Minnesota are way better? No. The reason I think that Cousins is going so late is he's not the new hotness. Last year, he was the new hotness. I think he was getting overdrafted last year a little bit. Yes, because it it was... I, I agree that everyone was, oh, man, Stefan Diggs, uh, Thielen. I mean, people were getting pumped up. Then uh, Dalvin Cook got injured. It was leaning more toward Kirk Cousins. And now I think people are kind of shying away because he didn't have that blowout season that we thought he was going to have. Now, I don't think he's going to have a blowout season, but to get him in the 14th round, that's a steal. Absolutely a steal. I I mean, I'm looking at his his points from last year, according to our league, which is pretty standard scoring, four-point passing touchdowns. He had three games that I 
kind of hate. And other than that, like he had one against Detroit where he had eight point four points. He had one against New England with eleven, and one against uh, Seattle with thirteen point eight. Everything else is at least sixteen points or higher. He's got thirty a couple times. He's got over twenty five a couple times. I mean, he's he had a. I think he had a good season last year as far as fantasy goes. I think he just didn't live up to entirely what people's expectations are. He was finished in the top 10 quarterbacks. What else could you want? Yeah, and that's what I don't get. There's a lot of value here. Here's, I just need to get this off my chest, Jim, before you move on. What? Who the hell is taking Jameis Winston in the 11th? And why is Jameis Winston going ahead of Philip Rivers, Ben Roethlisberger, uh, Kirk Cousins? What is going on in this world? Well, he's got that additional, I mean, that little cheat code of running. And listen to some of the scores he put up last year. 33.7, 26 16.3, 15.6, 24.4, 28.8, 25.2. He had a 5.8 and then 19.3 and 31.6. He's a He's a good fantasy quarterback. That's the problem. It's not fantasy quarterbacks don't equate to good quarterbacks. And you add in the fact that they're adding Bruce Arians down there and he's his coaching style is basically he's basically the Brett Favre of coaches, I would say. He's like, screw it. I'm just going to chuck it. Whatever happens, happens. If it's a, if it's an interception, it's an interception. If it's a touchdown, it's a touchdown. Bounce back, do the same thing the next play. And so, you know, that's people are banking on that. And I I don't I wouldn't probably wouldn't take him over cousins, but I definitely don't think as lowly of Jameis Winston Winston for fantasy as you do. I'm not thinking of him lowly, but I'm telling you I'm uh, Oh, you hate Jameis Winston. I'm taking Phillip Rivers. I'm taking Ben Roethlisberger. At least there. At least you know what you're getting there, James Winston. You don't know what you're getting with that guy. With regards to Philip Rivers, if he doesn't have Melvin Gordon, I'm probably not taking him. Both of them are safer options, I would say. But I think people are drafting with this the idea that okay, I'm going to draft him. If he sucks, I'll just drop him and pick a, one of those guys up because they're going to be there. They're not going to be drafted. You know, you think about Tampa Bay and you think they suck and everything, but if you counted. Fitzpatrick and Winston as one quarterback. They had a top five season for fantasy last year. Yeah, well, I guess we'll see. Yeah, um, I don't love it, but people are high on Godwin. They're high on Evans, obviously. O.J. Howard is coming back. You've got weapons down there that people are excited about, so that is kind of probably spilling over into Jameis Winston. So that leads us into our most overvalued quarterback, and he's ranked 117 on ESPN. That is 65 spots better than Kirk Cousins. Three rounds better. He's going 11.04 overall, 11th round, fourth pick. And that is Kyler Murray. What? He is a rookie. And yes, I have spoken frequently about how a running quarterback adds to their value. But what the hell are people doing? I mean, three rounds before the 10th ranked fantasy quarterback last year. He is a rookie. We don't know how well he's going to be throwing yet. We don't know if he's going to be able to run. He's getting added to the worst offense in the league last year, which will change. They won't be the worst rated offense in the league this year. But we don't know what to expect and... That's just that is just a very risky pick to me in the eleventh round. If you want to pick Murray, I'm thinking like, okay, I'm taking my quarterback in the eleventh round, and then in the thirteenth round, I'm taking my shot on Kyler Murray. And if he's good for a couple weeks, I'll drop my other quarterback or something. Yeah, I have no interest in drafting Kyler Murray. He's undersized. Um, he is okay. He struggled against tough defenses in college. We we don't know what he's made of. He struggled in preseason. Not that that says much, but it says enough. Uh, 
And there should be some red flags going up around this guy. I have no interest in taking him. Uh, I wouldn't even take a flyer on him in the 14th or 13th round. I just, I don't see it. I don't see it happening for this guy. I mean, I hope it does because I don't like to see players, um, you know, get cut and, you know, be poor and not live up to their name. But I, I don't think this is the guy you want this year. Yeah. And right as of right now, he's on 82. He's in on a roster in 82.5% of leagues. And that's just way, way too high for me. Um, I just, I have zero interest in him for fantasy. And I could be wrong, but that's not a risk I'm willing to take. And I'm in a, I don't, I don't think he's a league winner. Like he's not going to have a Patrick Mahomes type year. At best, he's a, I, at best, I see him as like a Tyrod Taylor this year. Yeah, I could see that. I just, oh man. Hey, listen, if you want to take him, take him late. If anyone wants to take him before the 13th round, let them. There's better options. You, at least, like you said, um, there are people where you know what you're going to get. It's a safer option. You can go a little safe here and and then gamble on Murray later. You don't have to take him early. If someone wants to take him early and take him off your hands, let them. Originally, I came into this like I just started thinking, okay, you know, wh- which quarterbacks are probably being way too overhyped. And I was... Coming into this, I'm like, all right, Baker Mayfield's my overvalued quarterback, most likely. I don't know where he's being drafted yet, but uh, that's who I'm going to look to first to see where he's being drafted. And that was also insane. He's being drafted as the fifth quarterback, and I can't believe that. Like, I cannot believe he's being taken as the fifth quarterback overall. I mean, I love him. I love Baker Mayfield. He's very entertaining. And I I can't wait. I hope I think he's going to be good. I'd love to see him succeed. But taking a quarterback in the seventh round and that quarterback being Baker Mayfield, no thanks. Matt Ryan, who was the second rated quarterback overall last year, is going uh, seven picks after him. Um, Aaron Rodgers is four picks before him. I'm not taking Baker Mayfield in between there. I mean, there's plenty of other quarterbacks I'm taking before him. Yeah, that's way too early for him. I think he has, a, with the weapons he has now, and listeners know I'm a Baker Mayfield fan. I'd like that guy. He he literally took the flag and planted it on Ohio State's <laughs> turf, so that's hilarious. But it's, it's too early. Seventh round is too early for that guy. Yes, he has a high ceiling now because of the weapons he has, a very high ceiling. But the problem is, we don't know how they're going to mesh, and we don't really know where the floor is. It's not like a floor that Carson Wentz has or Andrew Luck, like you said, who are all going after him, Drew Brees, Jared Goff, Russell Wilson. So I, it's just too much of a stretch for this guy. You know, take him take him later. Take If you want to take a quarterback in the 11th, Go with Baker Mayfield if that's what you want to do. That's where I I would I would consider it. I still wouldn't feel good about it, but I would feel a lot better than the seventh. And a lot better than taking Kyler Murray in the eleventh. Absolutely. Hundred percent. We've seen him do it. You know, there is the potential for a sophomore slump. There is the potential, okay, we got some tape on this guy now. What gets to him? What gets in his head? And I'm just that's that was my original overdrafted player, but until I found Murray on that list, I was like I was blown away when I saw Murray. I had to put him ahead of Baker Mayfield. I guess the only argument for Murray is at least he's going in the 11th round. Like, if I'm taking a risk, I'd rather be in the 11th round than the 7th round. Yeah, I still think maybe specifically to us that those two quarterbacks will fall a lot further than what these rankings are. But again, you never know. People buy into these supporting cast that they have, especially Mayfield. At least he has a supporting cast. I know that Kyler Murray has David Johnson, but God, he's got an aging Larry Fitzgerald. And I, whoever, who's the other one? Tell me who the other wide receiver is, please, because I have no freaking clue. <laughs> Michael Crabtree just signed the other day. Oh, Mr. Crabtree. <laughs> uh, well, you know what? I, I just two quarterbacks that are going way too early. 
Now, before we move on, just regarding Baker Mayfield, what are your thoughts about his his name being in the news lately? Did you see what happened? Uh, I think it was blown out of proportion. I... Just so people know what we're talking about, we're talking about how Baker Mayfield commented on how shocked he was that the Giants took Daniel Jones at six overall. And you know what? Who cares? Everyone was shocked. Their own fans were shocked and angry. So pretty sure David Gettleman, the GM, was shocked. I think he just accidentally hit the button. <laughs> to be fair, like I think it was twisted a bit. Did you actually watch the interview? Because I didn't, and I don't know if that was word for word verbatim, like what he said, or if it was paraphrased in what we're reading. Um, but I will say, you know, he called uh, Jones. So it shows you what kind of a person he is. He is a baller. He likes to play. He likes to, you know, get in people's heads and run his mouth. But at least when something goes on, he he stands up and, and owns it like a man. So that's good. Yeah. Do you think that gets them in trouble this year, the Browns? Like, do you think there's any risk in those Browns players? Because Odell also is a talker and blah, blah, blah. Like, do you think that that has any effect on their locker room or... No, I think um, I think Landry will help keep Odell a little, you know, head on his shoulders, uh, so to speak, because he's known him for a while. He probably knows how to deal with him, and you know, when you're when you're playing with your friends, you tend to stay a little more, you know, uh, focused. Whereas for Baker Mayfield, he doesn't bother me like that. He doesn't really get flustered. He, yeah, he runs his mouth, but he, he's a gamer. That, the, his personality is what the Giants or the Jets needed because that's the type of personality you need in New York. And I think both of those teams really missed out on taking him and having that big personality in, uh, in their squad to help them. And you want a winner. That's what you want. And Baker Mayfield is a freaking winner. Okay. So I'm actually going to flip-flop it on you. I'm going to go next because we're going to go to wide receiver. And this is directly related to what I've been talking about. And my undervalued wide receivers, wide receivers, are basically anybody on the Cardinal staff. And that's because I don't think necessarily that they're going to be great and you need to have them. I don't even think necessarily they're going to be top three wide receivers for each for like a top 30 wide receivers. So like one of the top three wide receivers on a team. But I think they might have some value as like a bi-week fill-in. And the reason I'm going with them is because if Kyler Murray is going in the 11th round and if he's going to be as good as people are predicting they're not getting shown the equal love. Like, Kyler Murray has to throw the ball to someone. So if he's throwing the ball to someone, those people also probably have to do well. So this is sort of a, a tied-in ranking, a tied-in uh, selection to my last pick. So assuming that Kyler Murray is going, or assuming that Kyler Murray is what people are drafting him to be, they're not giving the receivers equal love. Does that make sense? Yeah. I, additionally, I tried to pick somebody lower. Like I, I initially wanted to pick any of the Rams receivers because they're going in the fourth and fifth round, and I think that they're going to be better than that. I mean, Robert Woods was top 10 wide receiver last year. He's going at the end of the fourth round. Uh, Brandon Cooks is going just right around him. He's a top 12, top 10 potential receiver. Um, and Cooper Cup is a top 15 type wide receiver. So I wanted to go with those guys as my undervalued, but we're trying to dig a little bit deeper here, go for some value picks. And I think that Larry Fitzgerald and Christian Kirk provide safe, short game, zone beating options that'll find themselves wide open. Larry Fitzgerald is savvy. He's going to be like the tight end that Kyler Murray's going to need. That's that safety valve. Um, and I think that that's being undervalued. I mean, Larry Fitzgerald is ranked 94 overall, and Kyler Murray's ranked 117 overall. Like if they're if if Kyler Murray's going to be that good, then I think that Larry Fitzgerald and and Christian Kirk need to get shown some love. Yeah, a little bit of love. I think a lot of people are expecting Kyler Murray to continue uh, what he did in college with his legs too. 
So that's a, a little bit of it. Uh, I don't know how much that would take away from his wide receivers, but we haven't seen him do it. I, I can understand where you're getting the value from. Sure, it makes sense if if the quarterback's going to be good. It's, you know, the one of the wide receivers has to be good. Um, I'd imagine it would be Larry Fitzgerald. I just um, I don't know if that's a pretty solid pick in the tenth round, and you need a fourth, fifth wide receiver at that point. I think Larry Fitzgerald's a safe option. Yeah, for like a plug-and-play matchup kind of deal. Yeah. I feel like, you know, where's where's David Johnson going to come into all this? I think David Johnson has a good year. I think that he has a better year than last year, and he finished 10th overall. I think he bounces back a little bit. And I think that's because running quarterbacks tend to help running backs in the running game. And also, he provides an extra wide receiver on the team. He's a, another safety safety valve for him. And so you can kind of see that that's the way that the Cardinals are moving. Christian Kirk is a slot zone beating wide receiver. Larry Fitzgerald is a glorified tight end at this point. They just signed Crabtree, another short game type of guy. David Johnson's there. They're providing him with safe, reliable options. So I just think that someone has to be the beneficiary of that. I'm not saying it's going to be both. I don't think it will be both. It's probably going to be one. And whichever one he latches onto is probably going to be pretty valuable. Yeah. And I think the one who comes out the biggest in this is probably the one who comes out the best in this is probably David Johnson because. Yeah, I just, I don't know, man, rookie quarterbacks make me nervous. So I guess Larry Fitzgerald is the pick I'm going with as my undervalued guy, because if you look at their wide receiver core, I think Christian Kirk might be the second most veteran receiver on that team, and he is in his second year. I mean, they got Keyshawn Johnson, Andy Isabella. Hakeem Butler, those are three wide receivers they got within the last two years in the draft. And I just I think that Larry's veteran savviness will help him help Kyler Murray, and that's why I'm going with him. That's fair. I'm just looking at the list right now, and I feel like... I mean, obviously, uh, Crabtree hasn't been added to the list yet, but he, he will be there. I feel like a little sneaky pick here that's he's not really getting too much love it might just be about right he's going in the 11th round is uh Deshaun Jackson I think he's gonna have an up year he's got Carson Wentz thrown to him which is nice he doesn't have to be the guy because Alshon Jeffrey's there actually I think it'll help both of them which is great and I just feel like you know he's a bit undervalued at that point, which is fine. I might take him in the 11th. I might even, if I can stretch it to the 12th, I mean, I think he might have an up year. All right. Why don't you tell us your overvalued wide receiver? You know, it was it was kind of tough, but when you look at the names that are going, I and then this one kind of stuck out to me. I know we already touched on, you know, Tampa Bay and how they're going to be throwing, but Chris Godwin, I think he's going in the well, I don't think. He's going in the fifth round. And I just think that's a, a little too high for him. It's it's overvalued. He might have a breakout year, but you're much better waiting another, you know, two rounds or three rounds, I think, for Mr. Godwin because he, it's just too much. You got names like Kenny Galladay, Cooper Cup. Uh, I know A.J. Green's injured, but, you know, those are some good names that are sitting behind him. And I I think I'd rather have them than Chris Godwin. Yeah. I'm looking at some of the names going around him immediately in front of him are Brandon cooks and Robert Woods. I don't think he's that caliber of a player. No. Immediately after him is Kenny Galladay. I don't, he, he could be that caliber of a player, but I don't think that he's there quite yet. And then, like you said, cup and green, Another name that's in there who I would take him over is Tyler Lockett. I don't know why Tyler Lockett is going as high as he is. If I had to do an overvalued uh, wide receiver, Tyler Lockett would be in huge contention for that. 
I think a lot of people are thinking, hey, you know what? He's the number one now, and who else is Russell Wilson going to throw to? And I think that's just the idea behind it, but I agree. it. You know, him and Chris Godwin could both be dropped uh, a bit. They're probably also looking at last year and what he did last year, but what he did last year was insane. He had like, I don't even remember how many games. Let me just look at this. He had so many games where he had a touchdown and that saved his week. Was it seven? He had 10 weeks that he had a touchdown and didn't get above 16 points. So that means that he was 10 or less than he was less than 10 in those 10 weeks. Like that just doesn't scream fifth round to me. I'm not taking a wide receiver who needs a touchdown to be good that week. Yeah, especially when there's going to be some regression toward, you know, touchdowns. It's it's right. just not going to happen. It's not going to be as consistent. I get like, yeah, he's going to get an uptick in targets most likely, but is it really worth the extra two rounds? I I don't think it is. No, I would rather I'm, take I would rather take Jarvis Landry in the seventh. Oh heck yeah! But I would take Jarvis way before I took Tyler Lockett or Chris Scott. I I think you're not a fan of this person, but Alshon Jeffrey's going in the seventh, and he has a better quarterback, and he's more consistent. I would take Alshon Jeffrey before him, and and I don't love Alshon Jeffrey, but I don't hate him either. But I would absolutely take him before Godwin. All right, that leads us into the most desirable position, at least by our standards. <laughs> and that is running back. The most overvalued running back, I think, is going, he's ranked 44th overall. He's going in the third round. And I think it's Damian Williams. Two years ago, Damian Williams was the third string running back on the Miami Dolphins. Two, or Sorry, that was three years ago. Two years ago, he was the second string running back on the Miami Dolphins. Last year, he was the second string running back on the Chiefs. And then you had... Cream Hunt situation arise and Damien benefited from taking over. And I don't know that he's going to continue that. I mean, I think, I think Damien Williams is a solid football player. I don't think he is a fantastic football player. And that's what we're here for, right? Fantastic fantasy players. And I don't think he's worth that third round pick. I would take him around the spot that your guy in you're going to talk about in a minute is going more towards the fifth round and there's other running backs there you don't know what's going to happen Andy Reid does tend to have one workhorse back in his past but Damian Williams is a jack of all trades but he's a master of none he's not super fantastic at any one thing he just does everything solidly and I think that the running back position as a whole is going to be great for the Chiefs. I just don't know that he's going to be 100% the guy there. I mean, I think they have some younger guys. I think they have Carlos Hyde. I think that he and Hyde can split some of the short down stuff, short yardage stuff. And you don't know for sure that Damian Williams is going to do that. And he's just, he's a guy you want on your football team. To me, he's not a guy you want on your fantasy team. Yeah, I think um, he's going a bit high. Uh, the whole Kansas City team is going to regress a bit. Absolutely. And with that comes the fact that Patrick Mahomes may not be as good, which means I'm not saying he's going to be bad. People get off my back. But he's not throwing 50 touchdowns again. And I I think them airing the ball out allowed the running backs to get a bit more space because there were so many weapons. But Damian Williams, like you said, he was a, he was almost a nobody three years ago with the Dolphins. Then all of a sudden he's riding a high. So now he's the guy. Can he take that pressure and perform under it is, is the real question. And is he going to do it consistently for 16 weeks? Uh, I'm not sure. Yeah, pr precisely my thoughts. I don't think that he stays the guy for 16 weeks. And I got to tell you, there is a name that immediately jumped off the page for me as overvalued. You want to have a guess on who it is? Le'Veon Bell. No, no. Derrick Henry? Nick Chubb. 
Okay, yeah, I wanted to do Chubb, but I didn't want to do a first-round running back, second-round running back. Uh, that's fine, but Nick Chubb is so overvalued. People are drafting this guy in the first round. It makes no sense, you idiots. He may not even play after week 10, you freaking moron. Stop drafting this guy so early. You, you're drafting a ticking time bomb. You know Kareem Hunt can run. You know Kareem Hunt is there. Get your head out of your ass. Stop drafting Nick Chubb. And this is coming from a George Bulldogs fan who loves Nick Chubb. I do love Nick Chubb. I really do. But this is about fantasy, and it's just not smart. You're basically drafting. If you want to take him in the first round, sure. But you're basically drafting a half a running back for the season. Yes, and it's the wrong part of the season that you're getting him. Exactly. And then you have to hope, like, if you take Kareem Hunt, too, like, oh, I'll draft Nick Chubb, and then I'll take Kareem Hunt. That's cool, except you don't know that Kareem Hunt is going to take directly over. They could split for a long time, and that could really cut into, you know, their touches, their targets, and it's going to be a problem when Week 14 rolls around, and you don't know which one to play in the playoffs. All right, let's just say that it's the... We're doing a running backs only draft. All right. Not a realistic thing. But who would you rather take if they were some of the top names left? Le'Veon Bell or Nick Chubb? I'll take Le'Veon Bell because he has a starting spot the whole season. Okay. Just trying to gauge your interest in Chubb because I know that you're not very interested in Le'Veon Bell at all. So how high are you? What round seems right for you for Nick Chubb? Man, I... (sighs) I got to tell you, uh, if I'm looking at these names right here, I see Devonta Freeman, uh, the 15th running back off the board. I'm taking him before Nick Chubb. That might be where I draw the line. I, I don't know if I would take Aaron Jones or Josh Jacobs or Chris Carson over him, but that seems about right. Just looking at some, because there's a couple names in there that I don't think I would. And So Damian Williams, do you take Damian Williams or Nick Chubb? I think I'd rather have... Damian Williams because he is going to be starting and he has less likely of a chance to lose his job. Nick Chubb is basically setting up to lose or split his job in week 11. And what about Leonard Fournette? Uh, It's tough with injuries, but if we're saying they both go uninjured, I would rather have Leonard Fournette. Okay. I think the 16th spot is a good spot for him. He should be the 16th running back off the board. Third round, fourth round. You've already got two starting running backs. If you want to take a shot at him and hope he doesn't lose his, his starting job, then you've got a great flex. He's a good runner. I'm not trying to crap on Nick Chubb. He's a very, very good runner. He puts up good fantasy points. The problem is it's the unknown. Any of these guys, any of these guys can get injured, right? But we yeah, absolutely. Know, we don't we don't know that's going to happen. We already know that we're, it's a foreshadow. We already know Nick Chubb has Kareem Hunt waiting. He's just waiting there. Mine is a little bit higher, but also still the third round. I'm looking at before Damian Williams, and I think it's a toss up between Carry On and Chubb for me. I think I would lean Carry On. I think that. Chubb might be more talented long term, but I think that Carry On just has a potentially I don't even know. Like he's got he's got more of a hold of the position, I think. Exactly. That being said, there is CJ Anderson there. So that's that line. Like Carry On and Chubb for me is where I'm looking at drafting. I take Chubb over Fernet, I take Chubb over Damian. I have Freeman higher than those two. I so I guess Carry on Chubb Freeman's kind of where I'm I'm looking at them. Yeah, in my rankings too, I have Freeman higher, but uh yeah, Chubb is is down. And it's nothing against him, it's nothing against the Browns, because I like the Browns this year. Uh, it just has everything to do with week eleven through seven sixteen, you know? And that's yeah. not what you want to you don't want that headache at that point in time. Right. You don't want to have to be figuring out what the touches look like during playoffs. Yeah, and think about this. He could be completely fine. Week 11, he's still starting. Week 12, he's still starting. Week 13, you know, Kareem Hunt is is starting to get more touches. Then all of a sudden, it's a 50-50 split, and Kareem Hunt in week 14 
and you're not getting the benefit from either one. Yeah. Okay. Let's move on from Nick Chubb, who was not my overvalued running back. <laughs> Let's go for your undervalued running back. All right. I would say my undervalued right now is Mark Ingram. He's got a little change in scenery. He's going in the fifth round. He's the 23rd running back going off uh, out of the draft. I think this is a little low for him because he's in a run-heavy offense with a running quarterback, which you already stated helps running backs. We, I both, I agree completely with that. And I think people are shying away because they're kind of like, well, it's not Drew Brees and it's not New Orleans anymore. So they're kind of tiptoeing around Mark Ingram, and I feel like you're getting some good value here in the fifth round. Yeah, absolutely. I would agree. According to ESPN, he's 45th overall, and he's going 5.04. So uh, like you said, fifth round, fourth pick in the fifth round. And I I mean, I love Mark Ingram. He's a great player. I think he's highly underrated for his entire career as a running back. And I would be pumped to get him in the fifth round. Looking at some of the other people around him, I don't necessarily see it happening based on... If we look at the ADP, I like Mark Ingram. And I like him. I, I would like his fifth round value. But names going around him, Julian Edelman, Brandon Cooks, Derek Henry, Robert Woods, and then on below him, Chris Godwin, Kenny Galladay, Tyler Lockett, and Sony Michelle. I think there's three names there that I would take him over. I would probably take most of the wide receivers except for Godwin and Lockett. We already talked about them. And four names, because I would take him over Michelle and Derek Henry, no question. But some of those receiver names are just too big for me to pass up to take Mark Ingram. However, if you start off your draft with big wide receivers and need running back, he's a great value in the fifth round. Absolutely. And we already know what he's capable of. He should be the the lead guy there. Jackson should help. Uh, he may even take a, a few extra touches. You know, Jackson likes to run, so he might get a little extra out of that. Uh, I just feel like if he if he's around, I am certainly passing up on Derrick Henry and taking Mark Ingram. There's no chance in hell I'm touching Derrick Henry. That guy is so overrated; it's not even funny. Yes, he was also he was the second name I had. I debated between Henry and Williams for my overvalued and guy has like Williams. two good games, and everyone's all over his nuts. It's ridiculous. Yeah, absolutely. I. 100% agree. Derrick Henry is overrated, probably on my do not draft list. I mean, if maybe uh, Derrick Henry, maybe, maybe seventh round, I would take him as a pure like, what the hell if he keeps going. But even that's a stretch, probably eighth or ninth is where I'm taking a shot on someone like him. And just before we wrap this up, just because I see this name right here. Also overvalued, I think, very much overvalued, is Tevin Coleman. He should not be going in the sixth round. He it, That is going to be a merry-go-round of running backs in San Francisco. That is absurd. I know he's he's worked under Shanahan before, but, God, the sixth round for him? He's not even a starter. What is this? It's kind of like what we said with Kirk Cousins. And that is, he's the new, the new hotness. And he is, I think he is the starter right now. I mean, McKinnon is not even practicing. Tevin Coleman is probably the starter. I think that he, again, it's like you said, it's going to be a carousel of merry-go-round of players down there or out there. And con- in, a, in a contrasting way, Matt Burita's of value. I think he's going in like the 12th round. And he's going to be doing, he's probably going to get just as much work as Tevin Coleman. Yeah. I. If you want a late round sleeper running back, like Matt Burita, I think, is a potential start. He could end up being starter at some point. You know, Coleman goes down, McKinnon doesn't come back. Burita's right there. And we already know from last year, he gets hurt every single game and comes back in the game like five plays later. Yep. Yeah. And I just, I just feel like. That's a bit too much. I'm I'm not stretching in the sixth round for Tevin Coleman, who could lose his job in a week. Right. If I lose, if I lose 
and it's because I didn't take Tevin Coleman, I'm okay with that. Exactly. All right, so those are our overvalued, undervalued players. The thing is, people, when you get to the draft, just stay focused. Don't reach. You don't have to sell out to get anyone that is not worth their position that you're drafting. Just take your time. And I got some bad news. That bad news is... We're not very popular. Why? Nobody wanted five free dollars. Nobody tweeted us. Nobody emailed us. Wow. No one wanted freaking five dollars? Come on. Yeah. All you had to do was you had to tweet a freaking name. Come on. We also didn't advertise last episode very well. That's on me. But yeah, nobody listened really. So we were heading to that bachelor party. It was a kind of a rush job to get that episode out. We got it out on time, but... Nobody listened. You know what? We'll run it again, but this time, if you are listening, you have to tweet James or I at mine is amkelly802. James, your Twitter handle? Finfan3493. F-I-N-F-A-N-3493. You have to give us someone who is overvalued and undervalued. That's all you have to do. You don't even have to give a reason. And then we'll put your name in a little hat and we'll swish it around with our hands and we'll pick out a winner and send you five beans. We must be using one of your hats because I got a big head. So there is no such thing as a little hat for me. (laughs) All right. That's it, folks. Good luck drafting if you draft this weekend. If not, we will be back next weekend to wish you good luck. All right. Have a good night, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the DFFL Podcast. For more information on the DFFL, head on over to DoverFFL.Weebly.com.